are the ultimate source of inspiration, knowledge, and entertainment, look no further. Network Kingdom is a unique platform that brings together experts from various industries. Through networking and collaboration, we create inspiring conversations that educate, entertain, and motivate our listeners. Whether you're a business professional, an entrepreneur, or simply someone looking to grow their knowledge base. Good morning. How are you? Very well, thank you. It's so nice to meet you. Thank you. I really love the chair and the glasses and everything. Wow, thank you. Thank you. So today I have with me a wonderful lady. Um, I wish you could see two of us. You would think we planned it to, to have a touch of red today. Um, her name is Christina Mand Lakiani. She's an international speaker, she's an entrepreneur, she's an artist, a philanthropist, and a mother of two. And she's the co-founder of Mind Valley. Now I know that I've done a lot of courses on Mind Valley, and I'm sure you guys must have. Um, she's a leading publisher in personal in the personal growth industry, and she's dedicated 17 years of her career um, from teachers like Michael Beckwith, uh, Bob Proctor. Lisa Nichols, and many more. It's great to have you this morning, Christina. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure, yeah, and it's a good morning. <laughs> yeah, I am going to dive into your latest book, Flossom. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to steal that word from you because I like the meaning, an individual who embraces their flaws and knows they are awesome regardless goodness that takes a lot of boldness can you tell us a little bit of what led you to write it and it didn't just pop in your head it's a very strong message what led you to write in that book so it is definitely my own path that inspired me and I have been in personal growth for a long time 20 years by now and uh, when I wrote the book it was a little less uh, and um, of course I've uh, I've learned from the best uh, teachers uh, that that this industry has to offer as you just mentioned um, but it's usually your own experience which actually gives you the actual transformation and that's something that I've uh, I've discovered about our industry. You can keep uh, going to, to uh, events, uh, classes, uh, keep learning and listening to all the wonderful ideas and I tell you all of those ideas have been around in the world for thousands of years. As soon as humans started thinking in abstract terms and got consciousness, uh, they, they started coming up with, with wonderful ideas because we have been existentialist all our lives. I think it's uh, ancient philosophers who started asking who am I and what I'm doing on this plan planet. So <clears throat> obviously we, we know a lot of ideas, but it's usually your personal experience which gives you the paradigm shift when the ideas uh, move from the level of your brain to the level of your heart. So in my case, it was the same story. I've been in this industry for 20 years. I've heard a lot. I've learned from a lot of people. But when I hit 40, I guess I hit something which <laughs> colloquially is known as midlife crisis. <laughs> when you start questioning, oh, the you know, you're, you're like, I've lived, I've lived now for a while. So is that what it is? So I, and being a perfectionist, I was, um, 
I was doing all the right things, checking all the right boxes, but somehow I didn't feel that I was in the right place and doing the right thing. And that's how the journey started. So the word flossom, thank you for the compliment. It's not mine. It was an orphan word on internet that I discovered because nobody claimed it, but it was it was circulating around. But, you know, when I saw it, I immediately uh, related to it. I, I got it. So that's why I adopted the word and I'm using it, but I don't uh, claim that it's uh, it's my word. So yeah, it was uh, it was that time in your life when you already have some experience. You still have quite a bit of life ahead of you, and you already understand that <laughs> that there's a picture perfection and there's reality, and they are sometimes quite far apart. Uh, that's that's when I had the need to face my dragons and to ask myself, I'm go am I going to accept them and live with them? Or what am I going to do with those dragons? I like I honestly like that. Um, and a lot of us need to get to that point where we honestly just face these dragons. Otherwise, we don't live our best lives and we'll just leave this earth without really fulfilling what we were meant to fulfill on this earth. Now, going further, how did you deal with the pressure to be perfect. Now, um, running Mind Valley, running a company in the personal development field, and with all that you have put in, there's a lot of pressure society puts on you. There's also a lot of pressure you put on yourself as well, and all that to be perfect, to be seen a certain way. Um, we have this um, impression that, oh, because she runs Mind Valley and she's been in the personal development space. She's above making mistakes, so she can't do a certain <laughs> thing. And then you have all that, you know, pressure. How how were you able to? <laughs> I, I hope I'm making sense. <laughs> yes, absolutely. You know, a few years ago when I started um, started going on stage with the topic of happiness, uh, there have been moments where. Uh, I was less than happy uh, and I still had to do the speech because you know how it's in business. <laughs> you do what you have to do, no matter how you feel. And I was feeling myself like a fraud at, at times thinking, who am I to teach you happiness if uh, I'm not sure if I am happy? So I get it. Uh, we expect uh, perfection from, uh, from our teachers uh, to a great degree. But uh, you said it very um, Precisely, you said sometimes we put the pressure on ourselves. I would venture to say that all the pressure that you feel is the pressure that you put on yourself. Because you cannot really control what the world is going to expect from you, what the world is going to think about you, or how the world is going to judge you. People are going to feel, think, judge whatever they like. And it has more to do with them than with you. So whatever pressure you feel, it's the pressure that you put on yourself. It's the pressure that you accept, even if you say that, oh, my family expects that from me, or my peers expect that from me, or my boss expects that from me. They can expect the question, are you, uh, are you owning that expectation, which is not yours? And most of us, for whatever reason, we choose to own it, maybe because we are, uh, we are afraid of judgment, and that's why we try to please the world. Uh, but no matter how much we like to excuse our own choices with the opinion of the world, it is incredibly empowering to, and, and incredibly uncomfortable as well, by the way, to just admit that all the expectations of the world come down to your own expectations of yourself in the end of the day. And here it's super simple. 
you're the first person to judge yourself. You're the first person to put yourself under pressure. So it's in your hands to make a choice and to, and to just make this decision. And I know it's so hard. I remember I have this chapter in my, in my book where I talk about, uh, about how a paradigm shift is very often just a decision. It is just a decision very often. And my editor asked me, can you elaborate on that? But that's the interesting thing. How can you elaborate on a decision? It, it happens. You, one day you are just done and you can't do it anymore. And you finally have made this step into the abyss. Decision is like jumping out of the plane. You, once you do it, there's, you fly. That's it. Yeah. Oh, wow. Thank you for that. So, you know, um, speaking still on this perfection thing, you know what you said about um, going to speak about happiness and you're honestly not happy. Um, it's quite relatable and it still boils down to the pressure put on people based on what, and then pressure you put on yourself based on what you think society expects of you. Now, more than ever before, I also think that um, leaders need to be as authentic as possible because the present generation appreciates your authenticity more than they appreciate who you claim you are. So you find more people coming out to tell their truth, which I believe that that's what you have done here. That doesn't make it easy because I'm looking at you, I've read your bio, and it almost sounds like you just lay, lay, lay in bed, sipping wine and writing a book like it was effortless. But I know that a lot went into it. So when you're writing the chapter about the challenges you faced, and you're writing about things that you honestly had never discussed with anybody and you also know that it's going to come as a shock to people that yeah. know you and and have probably known you forever and had this perfect picture painted did you did you struggle you know a bit you know, I want to comment a little bit on uh, being laid back and sipping wine. Yes, that's absolutely true image of me. <laughs> I do enjoy having champagne. <laughs> but I want to say a very um, counterintuitive thing. Uh, there is struggle in life, of course, and there are challenges, hard challenges. But uh, challenges doesn't require um, time in a sense, they take a lot of your, uh, your, um, your powers, they take a lot of your emotional effort, and very often they're on the background, and you can keep living your life while having a challenge. They very often come from indecision. You can't make a decision, and you keep struggling with that challenge in your hands. So challenge does take a lot of your mental capacity, your mental effort, uh, but it doesn't take time. Because decision is literally like this. Once you make a decision, the path is clear. You can keep going. But it is very often we, we are afraid of making a decision. So we keep, uh, we keep uh, in, I call it indecision trap. So what we do is that we busy ourselves. Because you can't solve a problem or you're afraid to solve a problem or you're afraid to make the leap of faith. You start busying yourself to create an impression that I'm doing something in that direction. So you don't feel guilty. 
And that is what we often confuse. So you can you can actually uh, solve your challenges without having to be a hamster in a wheel. Because challenges have nothing to do with time. They have more to do with your uh, with your emotions, with your values, with your capacity to be decisive, to uh, you know to to stay true to what you are. That's what challenges have to do more with than with your time. They don't have claim on your time, most of the time, you know? So we like to busy ourselves because that's something what we understand. Busy is tangible. And sometimes you're like, I'm so busy. I'm doing so much. I have no time for that nonsense. And you do that all your life, running away from something which is right there. And that's yeah, why that's, that's why you can be busy and not uh, and and be completely unfulfilled and unhappy because you busy yourself away from solving the things that really matter. So that yes, I do so like true. to sip my wine. <laughs> it gives me courage to, <laughs> to look my dragons in the eyes and say, "Okay, now I'm going to solve you." <laughs> that is so true. Okay, you know, you, you also said something about us being kind to ourselves. And that actually spoke to me because um, it took me a while to actually learn to be kind to myself. Um, and I know there are quite a number of people like me. Um, we self, we're our greatest critics, yes. you know, and you're the first to criticize yourself. You're the first to put yourself down. And, you know, at some point I was wondering if you thought, if you did this to yourself, why do you demand better from someone else? <laughs> you know, <laughs> if you did that to yourself. So, but I realized that a lot of us have been programmed to be unkind to ourselves, consciously, unconsciously. But, you know, for different reasons. Oh, no, don't be... Um, don't praise yourself so it doesn't look like you're too proud. Don't do this, don't do that. Especially with people that were brought up with a certain age of parents. So you were programmed technically to be unkind to yourself. Mm. You know, so how, how did you deal with that? And how would you um, advise anyone to deal with that? Yeah, uh, self-kindness is quite an interesting topic and self-love as well. But I think kindness is uh, is a little easier and we don't talk about kindness enough. We uh, glorify love, uh, which we don't even define properly. And uh, love is a hard uh, thing to master. Uh, kindness is much easier because imagine if somebody has wronged you, it's so hard to love that person for a regular human being, someone who had wronged you. Uh, versus you can still choose to be kind to them, you know, to uh, treat them with kindness. So that's why I emphasize kindness over love, because you can be kind to imperfection, to uh, to flaws, to, you know, to even wrongs. You can still be kind. Uh, so that's why I'm talking about kindness. But I think one of the reasons, and there are so many reasons why people have hard times being kind to themselves. One of the reasons is the paradigm in which we live. We live in the paradigm that truly believes that, um, that um, you know, for success, you have to, you have to really uh, be hard on yourself. Success has to uh, success has to be uh, earned through hard work, through sacrifices, through being critical. 
that's that's the paradigm that we live in. We compare ourselves to others. We judge ourselves. We uh, say that we are not good enough to ourselves. Uh, so yeah, it's um, it, it's a paradigm in which we grow up. Uh, moreover, we even grow up uh, in a paradigm that uh, says that you have to earn love. Love is not to be given for nothing. Yes. You know, when you are a child, yeah. uh, let's say if you behave, your loving parent says, "Oh, I'm so proud of you." If you don't behave, very often the loving, good-meaning parents or teachers or peers, they withdraw love, at least seemingly, saying that you didn't deserve love, behave better than I'll give you love. So naturally, when we grow up, we learn that paradigm and we think this is the right way to go. I know it for a fact because I've taught, I've talked about self-love for a few years now, and I've heard people come up to me and say, but isn't self-criticism healthy? It makes me move forward. And that's the slippery slope. The thing is that there are two ways of uh, to success. There's a paradigm of success through punishment, through fear, work hard, because if you don't work hard, someone else is going to work hard in that time. You know, if you don't work hard, somebody's going to overtake you. And then there is a paradigm of success through encouragement, a paradigm that grown-ups usually don't live by. Only, only small children have the privilege of uh, some of us have the privilege of being encouraged into our successes where the parent says, never mind, you failed. It doesn't mean I don't love you. I still love you. I still have your back. And that's what I hope people to learn to do to themselves because self-kindness is the fastest and easiest way to true courage, to true courage, to go out in the world, show yourself the way you are, have the courage to be yourself and to challenge yourself. Because you know that you don't have to earn your own self-love. No matter how hard you fail, you still deserve your own love and respect. That's a huge difference. But society, the way we live in right now, uh, is very unfamiliar with that different paradigm. So it's really hard sometimes to get it. I'm really sorry, my whole room is ringing because I'm using my kids' room and their phones are here. <laughs> and they're getting oh, wow. messages from their friends. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. We're, we're, we're almost, we should be wrapping up now. I have one quick question before I tell you to give us your parting words. Now, I know that the book has a lot of reflection points. It has exercises and it has experiments. Is there room? Because personally, when I read some of these books, because I, I feel like I've had a transformational 20 minutes. So reading and studying Flossum will definitely do more. Um, is it a book that I can, that one can have a mastermind with or group study with, or, you know, like a group of women come together, read it, discuss, do, do the exercises? Is it, is it structured like that? So uh, I'll give you a slightly longish answer. I hope you don't mind. Uh, basically, um, yes, yes, that book, that, the answer would be yes, you can do that. 
then there's another layer to that. I believe that your path or your journey back to you is your personal journey. So uh, imagine, uh, I, I do not know if, you, if you've if you read or seen Hobbit, but Hobbit, uh, Hobbit is this Bilbo Baggins uh, dude who goes, goes on a quest <laughs> to, to slay the dragon. But he, he goes in a, in a company. And while the journey is his, but there is a company. So while I believe that your journey back to you is your own journey, but it definitely helps to have company on that journey. Definitely it does. So it's it's an interesting balance because you have to understand that nobody will have a transformation for you. But with that said, it is so much easier to share that path with someone else. Uh, so yes, definitely you can do that. Now, the other interesting aspect of the book is that, you know, I actually grew up on classical literature and I've learned my first lessons of personal growth through novels, through fiction, not through nonfiction. Uh, so I actually went to a school which had so much emphasis on, on literature that we had to learn it in the original language. For the longest time, I didn't read Confucius or any Chinese authors because I don't speak Chinese <laughs> until, until I realized that I'd better just read it in translation. <laughs> so with that said of course <laughs> my book is is um I I do hope that it is uh it is a journey which is maybe on par with uh with with, with actual classics in the sense that I put so much more heart into it than my industry requires uh, because for me, a book is an experience. It is a journey, and I wanted to keep it this way. I added exercises and reflections points to that because that's what my editor asked me, <laughs> and that's what convention says. So it is a marriage of uh, my personal quirkiness <laughs> and my love for classical literature <laughs> and the convention of our industry. It's a balance between the both. I can't, I can't wait to go on that journey. I can't, I can't. And um, this brings us to a wrap. And, um, you know, this whole transformational conversation, that's what I want to call it, that I've had with you. It just reminds me of something I used to say to people when I was in college. And that is, no one, absolutely no one can love you more than you love yourself. True. So... That brings us that I mean I remembered it when you talked about self-love and um, kindness. Thank you so much, Christina. Before we go, is there anything you want to say to people that are listening? You know, uh, we've talked about so many things, so I'll just quote uh, Cinderella's mother <laughs> from the 2005 movie. <laughs> you know, it's the movie. A really classic. <laughs> you really beautiful blue dress. It's 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 so it is from the movie though. Yeah. <clears throat> because she said it the best. She said, have courage and be kind. And I think that's what I want to leave your audience with. Thank you. Thank you so much, Christina. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. I wish you best of luck. And I'm looking out in June. I'll be the first to buy it in Nigeria. Oh, thank you. Wow, really? Wow, that's so cool. So... Have a good day then. Thank you so much. I enjoyed it. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you so Bye. much. Bye. You've been listening to Network Kingdom with Omo Obelor. Remember, if you cannot see where you're going, ask someone who has been there before.